Hello gatherers, Tyler here letting you know we have another event coming up in October. The Gamer Culture Guides and myself will be doing another Extra Life streaming marathon. That's 24 hours of intense video games. Extra Life is an organization that uses game streaming to raise money for local children's hospitals. You watch, you donate, and you help kids. What's better than that? Since we're based in Orange County, all proceeds go to Chalk. The event will be on October 17th from 6 a.m. to 6 a.m. And the theme will be horror. <laughs> Come watch us get scared and help save lives. Now on with the show. Welcome to the Indie Comics section. Join us as we take you through the pages of some of the best stories and art that is available in the comic book industry. From trivia to book discussions to interviews to insider looks, this is Indie Comics with Jeff. Welcome once again to another episode of Indie Comics. I'm your host, Tyler, a crusader for creator-owned work in comics. There are fine gems to be found in your local comic book shop, so let's go searching. Today is August 23rd, and who is with me today? Oh, this is Jeff, and it's wonderful to be here again. Oh, yeah, it's good to have you back. Where have you been? Uh, in and around, all over the place, I guess. Life happening. Yeah, life happens. <laughs> Reading I mean, comics. Yeah, you know, pretty much not seeing the light of day. And if you guys read my, here's a shameless plug-in, actually. If you read my most recent uh, thing of uh, Picks of the Week, I pretty much allude to how it's so damn hot this uh, August that... Really, there's nothing else to do but just go in your nice little cool cubby corner and just read some comics out in the out in the shade. Yeah, it's true. So, hey, and that's what we're going to be looking at here. Yeah, and it's good to have you back. Uh, so, so this is episode two of the month, and of course, this month we have picked the Generation Zero number one, which yes. is a brand new series from Valiant. Yeah, not and even out yet, guys. It's coming out tomorrow. Well, it came out today, but yeah, or yeah, when you're listening, it came out. When today. you're listening, yes, it'll be tomorrow, but yeah. So we're kind of confused, so we're all timey-wimey right now. Yeah. But we got to read it early. early we got to read it early. Yeah, early. yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. this was good. Yeah, Yeah, that was that was bad. Uh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, um, yes. So last episode, we talked to Fred Van Linty, and uh, awesome, awesome guy. Oh, yeah. We got to bond ADD brothers. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so if you haven't... I'm actually so jealous of you, Tyler, that you got to conduct that interview. I really wanted to oh, be in you, on that. I thought you were jealous of the ADD. I was like, man, that's uh, you, <laughs> you could be jealous all you want. You can well, have no, it no, if you no, could. No, 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 no. I'm not jealous of that. I'm just jealous you got to talk to him, man, because <laughs> Fred's amazing, dude. He's he one is. Of, he one is. Of my, one of my most favorite writers, actually. He is. He is absolutely phenomenal. And, th yes, so today we're going to talk about Generation Zero number one. Um you and I are both big fans of Valiant, especially old Valiant. Uh, oh yeah, old nine, old nineties Valiant stuff was right there. Let's I mean. spend let's spend a minute about you talking about like Valiant then and now because him and I kind of talked about um, you know making the big jump between years and like what they're doing differently or how they're treating their characters. Uh, you know how you know, he's saying that they get to take liberties. They get to the writers get to tell their own tales that they want to tell and take these characters that you know we all love and know and uh you know put their own twist on them and put them into uh unfamiliar territory which is great how, how what do you think so far 
Well, if anything, books like this, like Generation Zero, this is indicative of ex exactly what Valiant Entertainment has come to since its re-inception in 2012. See, one thing most people don't realize is that Valiant started as early, and shameless plug-in again, we actually talked about this in an earlier episode of Indie Comics when we were showcasing uh, Jim Shooter, when he helped founded uh, Val Valiant Entertainment way back in 1989. This was a company that had first started as an independent company at the late 80s, early 90s, as a good alternative to most of the stuff that was out on the market at the time. Headed by Jim Shooter, who, you know, if anybody knows anything about Marvel, he's pretty much a legend. So, But you have many of these good books. You have Ninjak. You have uh, um, Bloodshot. You have The Eternal Warrior. You have Harbinger. You have Archer and Armstrong. All of these different kind of works that just made Valiant great. And, you know, they were there for a time, and then, unfortunately, they were facing some difficulties, and they were eventually swallowed up by Acclaim Entertainment until they went totally defunct. And basically what we have now since 2012 is we have Valiant's basically, I guess we can call it Valiant 2.0, basically. Yeah, it, and, it, 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 it's uh, them kind of doing a revamp and you know, a, revamp, a relaunch. You know? sure. they, they definitely want to, well, one they, thing, their stories and characters do, do, do need to be here. Like, it's, it, yeah. this, this is something that I missed. Uh, I didn't really actually know I missed it until, you know, we got to read the new Archer and Armstrong, which is written by Fred Van Linty and, yes. um, you know, Harbinger Wars and all these other things that, you know, I didn't know I missed it, and I'm so glad it's back. Oh, you know? yeah. And it, it's new and fresh, and Fred Van Linty is such a fantastic writer, and we'll talk about well, that and later. it's funny you mention that, because to you it's something kind of fresh, but to the fanboys who were the 12- and 13-year-old kids that were reading these back in the 90s, it's like a dream come true, because it's it, it's a total... It's a total uh, reimagining of our childhood. I mean, this is just coming back to us. But what makes it interesting is that these writers, like Fred Van Lanty and others, they are making it relevant to today rather than trying to yes. hold on to the old stereotypes of the 90s. Yep. That's why things like Harbinger, Toyo Harada, uh, Ninjak, uh, Eternal Warrior, any of them for that matter, they're making it relevant to now. And I think it, it, it's... I guess maybe improving them or something, I guess you can say, or, you know, giving yeah. them a new spin. And that's what I love about this. And that's what we love about Generation Zero here. Now, Generation Zero is kind of spinning out of a crossover event that just happened recently in Valiant Entertainment known as the Harbinger Wars. Basically, in a nutshell, guys, the Harbinger Wars is what you would get if you mixed X-Men with Star Trek's The Eugenics Wars. You basically have a huge secret war going on around the world between various uh, factions. One is the Harada Foundation versus another foundation, which is called Project Rising Sun. Harada is basically nothing more than, I want to call him the Magneto of this universe. And he's the one that feels that he has to have kind of almost like a fatherly spirit toward what are called harbingers on the world. Harbingers basically are mutants. They're, yeah. they're humans that have mutant-like abilities, psionics, super strength, what, what have you. And he feels the, nece the necessity to bring him into be like a fatherly role, that they must be given a proper education, that they must be attended to properly. Ones like Project Ri Rising Spirit, on the other hand, feel that they must be yanked from their, uh, their parents' arms when they're like two or three years old and made to be soldiers. So you have this secret war going on between two ideologies going on throughout the world. And people are in the middle of this, 
And then you come across someone known as Bloodshot. Now, Bloodshot yeah. doesn't actually make an appearance in Generation Zero. But what Bloodshot is famous for doing was, back in the day, he used to basically be a hired mercenary for Project Rising Sun. Basically, he was a harbinger killer. He basically tracked him down and killed him because, you know, he's, he's real kick-ass like that. Yep. Well, basically, he is reformed now. And he freed a whole bunch of the kids that were the next generation for this, uh, for this Project Rising Sun. And these children that have escaped have coalesced into the group that is the basis of this book, Generation Zero. And that brings us up to what this issue is. So Generation Zero were seen previously in Harbinger, Harbinger Wars, Bloodshot, and also the Valiant and Valley and uh, Armor uh, Armor Hunters Harbinger. Armor Hunters, yes. So they've been around for a while. We've seen them a little bit here and there, and yes. we have several characters. We have Cronus, um, yes. the blonde guy. <laughs> yeah, the blonde guy. We have Talek, who Telekinesis. Yep. Uh, Animalia. Animalia. It, it, it seems like she's mostly like um, what's a DC. If, character? if anything, she's kind of like Vixen, Vixen from DC. Vixen, yeah. yeah, exactly. And then we have Cloud, and then Keisha is actually the one that was introduced in this book. She's introduced in this book because apparently she's fraught because, you know, from where she comes, which is uh, the Rook in Michigan, it's a reformed city that suddenly has become like a utopia, basically, because, you know, it's if anything, it's almost kind of like uh, symbolic of, like, if they took Detroit and made it suddenly into a great metropolis all of a sudden yeah. from its downtrodden self. It's a new revamped city... I like how they use the term that it's called the redneck Dubai and everything in the book. They call it they call it the redneck Dubai. And it's like everything is perfect and yet it seems kind of gilded. It's like everything's nice on the surface, but there's something kind of wrong. And the thing that she finds wrong is that, you know, her boyfriend, Steven, she was gonna go party with him one night, and out of nowhere he just runs into a tree and has some kind of accident without her. And they're trying to put forth the official statement that, you know, hey, he was just, you know, he's killed while d drunk driving or something like that. And she's like, but he doesn't drink. He doesn't do anything like that. So we're not going to spoil the comic. Uh, obviously, it's only one issue anyway, so it's not like we're, we're going to be spoiling like a whole run or anything. But um, we're going to do minor spoilers. So um, we don't know who Steven is. We don't know anything about Keisha. Obviously, yeah, Keisha, he's a Keisha is going to be part of the Generation Zero. She calls upon them, uh, which is kind of the main story. I guess of this arc. I don't know about it. I don't know if it's going to be the whole run, but um, this is the first I've heard of Keisha. Yeah. And um, there's also going to be a couple more. You're not introduced to everybody from Generation Zero. You only get those to t the first three. And uh, so I'm excited because on the – so once you open the book, you get uh, obviously the credits, and then you're going to get – you get the whole like nine yard or like the whole nine panel thing, and you get eight – of the nine generation zero. And, and then, then you have one called the baddie, which we don't know who that is. <laughs> the big bad. Although I have a theory. I think the baddie is the one that comes through the monitor and tells her that your, your, your question has been answered. I think that's yeah. who the baddie is actually. It could be. It could be. But, um, so, well, think of it like this guys, she's reaching out to them. The generation zero, they basically, these teenagers will protect each other at all costs. They, would, they don't want to go back to Project Rising Sun. They will do anything, and they will protect anybody who, who is a harbinger that they feel is in mortal danger. Yeah. And so they're feeling that what's going on with her is probably a bigger issue of what's going on in Rook, Michigan right here. Think of them like this, guys. They essentially are the A-team. If you have the means to find them, if you can find them, 
then you know maybe yes. maybe you can hire the Generation Zero. I see them more as like the Teen Titans with superpowers, with more superpowers, um, because they are there just to protect. They are there to um, well, yeah, definitely because, help people through yeah. these really hard times in this world. Because obviously there are you know the Harbinger Wars are such so catastrophic and huge, yeah. um, very devastating. So yeah, so. I see them more like that. Um, I'm really excited to see in the next couple issues the Zygos twins or Seagos. Oh, yeah, you want to see the Zygos so, twins. So uh, yes. definitely very, very intrigued by that. I want, so, to see, I want to see them. I want to see just what their power is about because the way that they're playing those two up, it's making me think those two could possibly be the most powerful characters on the team. Actually. Most likely. They're going to be the quiet, powerful they're, they're ones. The quiet, most powerful ones. Yeah, it just, it just I'm seems very okay that with that. That they're building up toward that. But what I but yeah, it is kind of like what you're saying. It's like almost like Teen Titans for Hire is what they are. Yeah, and I and I really love that aspect about this book. But I think along the way, we're also going to kind of see that Keisha also becomes one of them because she has Latin powers. Because the way that she is being built up, I think she is a harbinger as well. And I think and I think her. her I think that's well, the only reason why yeah. uh, they are helping her yeah. right now. And I think possibly why she has her, priority. And, and I think possibly her quote-unquote dead boyfriend, and I say in quotes because I personally don't think Steven's dead. I don't think Steven's dead, actually. I think he is also a harbinger. Um, he also could be a bad guy. He could also be the bad guy, too, for all we know. But um, so, okay, so we already know the story, and we don't want to spoil any a little bit more about it. Or um, We'll get back to, you know, that later. Um, so we have, so this is obviously written by Fred Van Linty, and the art is by Francis Portella. Oh, who- Portella's. Amazing. Yeah, we're both very, very big fra- uh, fans of friends. Fans of we haven't met him yet, but we want to. Um, we've talked about him actually uh, on the on this show in the past, and I forgot which episode it was. Probably one of the first couple, but he is a you. He is a fantastic artist. The art in this is awesome. I love the character designs. Oh yeah, the d- the design. The inks, the pencils are just sharp. I mean, you could tell that his style is just right on the mark when it comes for trying to convey the message. The one thing about this. his art are, um, like, we have people who are in this big concert, and it makes you feel like you're in the concert, just stuff with the colors. And it, I, it felt like you were in a mosh pit almost, really. Yeah, it really did. Like, with, the, with the coloring, um, with the design of everything, and he definitely knows how to get you in in the scene. And oh yeah, that colorist they got for the book here, he's he's great too. So one thing uh, about Valiant is is not only does it have fantastic characters and stories like what we said in the past, is they really really know how to get the people. Um, I feel like they're the like the Marvel like you know how Marvel is with film where they're just basically grabbing like, the best in the business like left and right. Yeah, uh, I feel that that's how, what Valiant has become, and we talked about Valiant last month. Uh, big time. You, really, with, you, re- with you the, really think that's how Valiant is right now, you think? Well, you know, with the Harvey Awards, with them having 42 nominations, they that's are, grab- they are grabbing true. everybody that they possibly can. People yeah. that they love, people who have names, and people who are just so talented. Oh, um, just Portella, look at the roster of some of them. Uh, Robert Venditti, uh, uh, Van Lenti, for that matter, Matt Kent. He's another great one yeah, that also works, works for Valiant and... Uh, Joshua Dysart yeah. and so many others. And yeah, and that's the thing is I, I really, really do feel that um that Valiant is just I mean, they're just snatching people left and right, and they are the publisher to look out for. They're the publisher to really, really um 
I would say I would say you need to jump into. I would say, given in a few years, at the rate that they're going, especially with how many Harveys that they were able uh, nominations they were able to snatch up and stuff like that, they could possibly start to contend for being one of the top five uh, publishers in the country with, with how they're going. Especially when you're looking at books like Generation Zero, guys. I mean, it is just Van Lenti is really good about making the story seem as mysterious as possible and yet as readable as possible. The thing I like about him is that he doesn't talk down or he doesn't fully explain everything to his readers. He has faith that they understand what is happening and that uh, character and that character development isn't just thrown in your face. He's really, really good at giving everybody a good pace and kind of having them be organic. And that's one thing that I'm going to say is probably my... If I can really say, I wouldn't really say it's a criticism, but it's one thing that I would say someone needs to take in mind. When you're reading Generation Zero, take heed to realize that this is a story that's happening inside of larger events. Don't try to just read Generation Zero, except maybe also try to enrich yourself a little bit with what was going on in Harbinger Wars, read a little bit of Bloodshot, read a little bit of Archer and Armstrong probably, as well as Harbinger, because a lot of the things that are going on in those books reflect what is going on in this book that is set to be out on the shelves tomorrow. I have the feeling that if someone just reads this book without trying to read anything else, they're probably going to have a lot of questions in their head like, hey, wait, who's that? Or what are these people or something like that? But for me, that's a really good way to get you really into Valiant. This is a great introduction to kind of the type of storytelling and the type of – and. Just something different that you won't really find storytelling-wise. Because now that they've been doing the revamp of Valiant, it has a new feel. It has a new way of introducing itself. And if you really want to get into Valiant, I suggest, since this is a brand new comic series, this is a great way to get into it. It's the perfect perfect jumping stone. Exactly. This is a great way to just kind of get number one right now, while it's really, really simple. Go to your local comic book store and just and just grab it. It's, it's only one issue. Or and hop then, on Comixology and just you know for nine or I think it's one ninety nine. I believe. Yeah. Hop on Comixology and get it for one ninety nine and put it right on your Kindle or your iPad or whatever. Exactly. And get used to getting each issue every month or every time they come out and just get on that rhythm. Yes. Um, if you want to get into Valiant, which I highly suggest. Yes. I would also uh, go into Faith. I think Faith is one of the coolest most. Oh. Uh, I think it is. She is a fantastic hero. Well, you want to know what's great about her? She's the first superhero who's not only just feminine, but she doesn't fit your typical stereotype of feminine anymore. She and she is, doesn't care. And she's a curvy. She's a well. I guess that's probably a nice way of putting it. She's a curvy woman. She's not the typical type of woman that we tend to read in our comics. Well, not only okay, but the thing. I mean, she's someone who breaks the mold, and it, I think not, that's someone who. I, I not pick. I mean, it doesn't have to do you know her physicality. It's the whole thing is that. Her character is really, really, really good and really captures you. She's some, she's somebody fresh and just somebody who's just kind of, um, you know, really easy to, um, you know, for you to connect with. Or what, what's the word I'm trying to think of when like relate when, to relate to? It's somebody you can relate to. Well, it, the funny it, thing you know, is, I, either no matter what gender you are, no matter what, she thinks so organically and so real it's, well you want to know what she probably relates to the nerds perfectly because if you ever read any of the stuff that she talks about when you see her in character especially in harbinger especially when she's talking to peter peter stanchek 
she like knows all this nerdsy stuff that only like your typical nerd would ever know about something like that. So she would be the perfect one for any nerd to relate yeah, to about re- knowing re- about that kind of stuff. And I read the first two issues of her, um, you know, of the run. And just like Generation Zero with, you know, with all these characters, they're all relatable, uh, especially yes. Keisha. Keisha's very, very, very relatable. Yes. You feel bad for her, but she's strong. Uh, she has she has doubt. She has you know all these emotions, and then you would too. You're missing somebody you love. Obviously, you're somewhere that's not even real, and you know you're just trying to get by. And that's what Valiant does that all the other publishers are, are kind of not really doing as well. It's not. I'm not trying to put them down. However, Valiant really, really has a um they they really do trust the readers and i really appreciate that which is why i speak so highly of and i'm so excited to finally do a valiant book there's many ways you can do it but especially when you talk she when you're talking about how they portray characters like this these harbingers the way that they're being portrayed these are something that everybody can relate to the only thing you can really see in probably in modern uh comic texts that had such relatability, at least in this modern age, would be the X Men. But the thing, but the thing is with X Men, it gets so fantastical, and honestly, it does. It does. Get it gets so, very too fantastical, and it just gets so stupid sometimes. Yeah, but that, it, yeah, but you see, that's where I'm saying that's where that's where I think X Men may strike out, where Harbinger and the Valiant Universe tends to succeed. They don't try to go too much out of their way to try to make it fantastic. And Marvel doesn't, I mean, I appreciate Marvel. I yeah, really sure, do. But the do. thing is that they don't trust their readers. They dumb everything down. They have to explain every single thing, regardless if you want to or not, right. want to know or not. And, you know, it, it's just, it, I feel like it's not written for me. I feel like it's really, really written yeah, but you for also, somebody yeah, who's but remember, not literate. You also have an axe to grind, too. You don't like X-Men. <laughs> You're not uh, much for X-Men. Well, and I'm not talking about X-Men at all. I know, like, uh, sometimes with Moon Knight. I, I mean, it also depends on who's writing. Mark Wade's run of Daredevil is absolutely brilliant. One of the greatest things in comics I've ever, I've ever experienced, you right. know, and collecting it was amazing. However, it, it just goes to show that there's so much inconsistency with the top two, and that's why all these indie comics and all these other publishers, Valiant, and, you know, you have Boom, you have IDW, where they're getting these people who are so consistent, and whenever somebody else takes over something, like Archer and Armstrong from from Valiant, you know, it has switched writers, and you can't tell. When you read it, you know, it, it seems like it's all written by one person, and they have the same... And like it's just it, it's just because, always consistent. And because that's still at the heart of the matter of what makes indie comics great. You have indie companies that basically aren't trying to edit the heck out of what the writer says. The writers are are are, are not at the behest of the editor here. They're the ones who still have a lot of creator con- creator control over what they write or what they draw for that matter. Yeah. And you see that in books like Generation Zero here. I mean, to look at something like this. You would not guess that there maybe would be any editing in it whatsoever. It seems like Van Lenty is writing in all of his raw form right to you with that. And that's what I enjoy about Generation Zero the most. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, it's like the message is just totally unfiltered right there, right in your face, and you, you, you just got to love it. You got to yeah. love that kind of stuff. Um, would, you, would you keep reading this, or are you going to go back and read? Like, what are you going to do to prepare for the next issue? For me, it's definitely going to have to go back, and I'm going to have to be reading some uh, trade paperbacks for Harbinger Wars, 
Harbinger, especially for maybe especially volumes one and two. Stuff like this, I'll tell you right now, I, I understood what was going on in the book, but there were some things that were also kind of questions to me. So I'm definitely going to have to go back. Yeah. yeah, for sure. If anything, yeah, I'll definitely still continue with the book. But at the same time, there is a lot that I want, that I need to backtrack on and read because, I mean, I'll be quite honest, I've not been reading a lot of Valiant lately, and I realize looking we at something like this. We just don't have the time. We're reading oh, I know. so it's, much stuff. Oh, so. so much stuff out there. But, yeah, something like this makes me so hooked that, you know, I want to get more, and I want to backtrack and see what else there is. You know, um, I'm going to do the opposite. I'm going to keep reading this. I'm going to wait for the arc to finish just to see um you know how much i remember from harbinger wars or harbinger and just see how much connects from it and then i'm gonna go back and try to put the puzzle pieces together well i would not be surprised if they eventually have a crossover of a major character i would not be surprised if like in the next six issues or something we might see a bloodshot uh, appearance you never know i mean it looks like they're in hiding so bloodshot or even or even the the big one uh, peter stanchek yeah, it's possible we can see him too, or even Toyo Harada, or something like that. So that's true. There's plenty of there's lots of ways that they can go with this book, and I just trust Van Lenti is going to really lead us down a path that you know we are going to enjoy this book. And when that when that trade paperback comes out for Volume One, I'm going to be all over that sucker. Yep, me too. But also, for those that are thinking possibly, well, then why don't I just wait for the trade paperback? Never do that, people. Never. That's the thing you should never do because the thing that we constantly at Indie Comics here say to you guys, if not enough people are getting the issues, there never will be a trade paperback. Yep. You have to get the issues that you appreciate and you have to support the business. Yeah. Not you only have to yeah, support the book. You should always support, you know, um, your local comic book store. If you don't have one, there's always Comicology. $1.99 oh, yeah. is not... A lot of money. No. And the thing is, it really goes a long way. Uh, you have a digital copy or you have a physical copy. Not and there's to mention, nothing... on Saturday, sometimes there's sales. You can get them for low as 99 cents sometimes if you if you look online. It's true. But, um, you know, we're not here to preach. Uh, <laughs> last thoughts about the uh, comic book or in the series. Oh, it just, it, there's just so much mystery with this. I mean, th- there is a lot... I can see this as conspiratorial. I want to see where they unfold. There's some kind of major big plot going on here, and it just translates back to everything that's going on between Project Rising Sun and the Harada Foundation. I want to see the larger picture here, and that's why I'm going to be backtracking with all these stories and seeing what else I can read so I can get the fuller picture. I mean, if anything, it's almost like reading Brightest Day without having read Blackest Night for me. So I, I need to go back and get everything else now. So yeah. I appreciate what you're doing, but I'm a completist. I, I, have to, I, have, I, have, I have to read everything before I know what I, what I need to, to know what I need to know. Yep. And uh, the cool thing about this is, like, you know, the whole mysterious thing is I feel the same way reading this issue as uh, reading uh, ROM, which is what we, you know, did two months ago. Yes. And, or sorry, we did Onyx, but, like, you know, we read Onyx, and it was kind of the same thing. And that's one thing I appreciate about this story. But, yeah, um, I have nothing else to say. I... It was a cool issue. It's something, uh, you know, it's just another great comic from Valiant, and they're just on a winning streak, and I'm so happy they're back. And, you know, I feel like they put a whole new, um, like, it's a whole new step. But not only that, but, you know, they're raising the bar for indie comics. I I believe that what they're going to be doing is really, really help out the independent comic book scene, and I love it. 
if anything, something like this, this, in my opinion, is what Marvel wishes its Runaways should have been. Yeah, I, I think I think this book is what Runaways wishes it would have been. Yeah. That's exactly what I wish, and that's why I have high hopes for this book and just for Valiant in general. Go, yeah. you, way to go, Valiant. You keep, you keep ramming at home. Yep. It's just amazing. All righty. Thanks for tuning in. You can check out our other shows and offerings on iTunes and visit our site, thegrandkeepgathering.com. Go ahead, subscribe, rate, and review us so you can contact us on our site. To stay updated, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and we stream on t- Twitch TV to find Generation Zero. Check out your local comic book store or Comixology. We highly support local businesses. Music, music has been provided by binsound.com. I cannot read. And this show has been brought to you by the Grand Geek Gathering Network. Join the gathering. Have a wonderful week and GGG. Go Valiant. It's all about Harada. <laughs> <laughs>